Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Needs Some Introduction. We have just wrapped up The Peripheral just last week. If you've been watching that show and haven't caught up on our coverage of it here, do check out those previous episodes. And this season of the podcast itself will be wrapping up this weekend with the release of the finale of The White Lotus. If you haven't caught up on that show, it's a perfect time to catch up on that very entertaining resort drama slash comedy with a little bit of a murder mystery baked into it as well. And we'll be releasing that episode Sunday night immediately after the episode, an instant reaction with Sona and I. And then later that week, in the second episode of next week, Sona and I will be catching up on the two most recent episodes of Fleischman is in Trouble. We just had the fifth episode this week, but we probably won't have a chance to cover it during our White Lotus conversation, considering that's going to be pretty packed, that final episode. So later in the week, we will be catching up on the two most recent episodes of that show, episode five and six, which will be available by then, along with any final comments about the White Lotus, any kind of internet theories or any kind of new revelations we've had in reflecting on the season as a whole. And then our next big series that we'll be covering will be the next big prestige HBO series, The Last of Us, which is coming in January. And also, Your Honor, a show that Sona turned me on to, the Brian Cranston thriller set in New Orleans, which is coming back for season two on the same weekend. So expect to have coverage of those two shows throughout January and February and into March. They are both 10 episodes long, so a perfect coupling of those two. And then I'm not sure we'll be covering in March. I believe we have Succession coming back, but just announced we absolutely will have Yellow Jackets back. So expect to see coverage of Yellow Jackets, and that's in March. So that kind of just gives you an idea of what we'll be seeing in the future. In the near term, between the launch of the January shows, after we wrap up White Lotus, there'll be some episodes here where we discuss awards for the year, our favorite movies, our favorite shows that we covered, guilty pleasures that we may have, and some of these categories should be pretty funny, so tune in for that, along with a review of the new Avatar film, which is coming just next week, Glass Onion, which is coming to Netflix, which I already saw in movie theaters, but is coming now to Netflix for a big premiere just a couple weeks from now, the Knives Out sequel. Very entertaining, and I'll give you a full spoiler review when that becomes available. And there's some other big Netflix premieres coming towards the end of the year, including White Noise with Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. And just a public service announcement that The Banshees of Inisherin, the new film written and directed by Martin McDonough, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, in a bit of a reunion for the same team that brought us in Bruges, as part of the cavalcade of prestigious films that will be debuting on streaming platforms, is coming to HBO this Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, the 13th. So do check that out. I will definitely be watching it. I have not seen it yet and possibly be reviewing that in an upcoming episode as well. And of course, Fleischman is in Trouble wraps up on December 29th, I believe. And holidays or not, Sona and I will definitely be back for the season finale of that show. So stay tuned for all of that. Make sure you subscribe so you know when those episodes become available. Give us any feedback you'd like at needsomeintroduction at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, why don't you share some of our episodes on your social media or recommend this to your friends and family when you're in conversation with them during these holiday season. With that out of the way, this episode is primarily these recommendations around shows that I think tie well with the coverage we had of the peripheral. Amazon recently has now started to focus on their actual streaming content, but they've been acquiring stuff left and right and even producing movies and TV shows for years now that just kind of fall under the radar. They just disappear into 
the hole that is Amazon Prime. So I am trying to excavate some of those high quality products that are in there. And that's primarily what I'm trying to do in this set of recommendations. I hope you find at least one thing that you'll like to watch. All of these shows I recommend here are very highly recommended by me. So I do hope you enjoy at least one of them. And now on to the conversation. All right, Celia. So we just wrapped up recapping the peripheral show that got us a lot of listeners. Actually, I had mostly negative opinions of that show, honestly. And we are now going to transition. The next big show we'll be covering, actually a couple of big shows we'll be covering in January, but we'll definitely be discussing The Last of Us on HBO Max, which is their next big prestigious HBO series, which is about a month and a half away at this point. So in the meantime, some things I wanted to put out here to kind of fill this space. One of the things we're going to put out there is we'll have a year end episode where we're just putting the categories together, but we want to have some fun categories here. Some of them we're coming up with already are our favorite shows we covered, least favorite, guilty pleasures. Uh, Sona has a lot of those she wants to discuss here on the show. <laughs> shows that made us cry, shows that made us laugh, things we missed, things that people said were good that we didn't think were good, and vice versa. And beyond that, I'll also be reviewing the Avatar film next week, and we'll be discussing the Glass Onion film, the Knives Out sequel, which is coming to Netflix. But I wanted to, in this first episode after the peripheral, have kind of a transition here where we can recommend some things that will get us ramped up for The Last of Us and maybe kind of close the door on the peripheral as well with some shows that I think do a better job of maybe what the peripheral is trying to achieve. And minimally, even if you did like the peripheral, just some other things you may want to catch up on. All of these, by the way, that I'm going to recommend are available on Amazon Prime, which of course is where you can watch the peripheral if you haven't caught up on that one as well. The first show, I have not finished this. I've actually just begun watching this. And it's one of those things that it's like you have to get nudged 20 times before you finally take the plunge. There's so many reasons I should have watched this show a while ago, but you know, you don't watch it right away and then you don't get around to it ever. And one of the big reasons I didn't watch this show is that it used to be on the Stars Network, but now it's on Amazon Prime. This show is called Counterpart. Have I done something wrong? Someone's walked in from the other side. The other side, I... Whatever you do, don't panic. Hi, Howard. Billy, do you have any idea how lucky you are? No one, no one gets to meet their other. Other? 30 years ago, during the Cold War, there was an experiment. Something went wrong, they opened up a passage. When you go through this door, you come out the other side, you're in another world, identical to ours. There was one reality, and then it duplicated. We share genetics, childhood. I want to know how you became so different. So this was J.K. Simmons immediately after winning his Academy Award for Whiplash. Probably within a year or so of that, he got this series on stars and it's called counterpart and it's a science fiction spy thriller the basic premise of this is that he is just a paper pusher he actually doesn't even know what his job is there's a lot of jokes here like severance by the way this show intersects with many things we've discussed on the show in the past on our podcast in the past and he is just this paper pusher doesn't even understand the work he's doing there's a lot of comedy about like he gets a promotion for example and they're like but you're not allowed to talk about what you do and he's like i don't know what i do <laughs> so a lot of that kind of feels like severance and he has this kind of industrial design as well but it also very much feels like a john le carré type 
spy thriller. It really is a Cold War, although not the Cold War you expect, not with the Soviet Union. And I'll get into details of what that actually is. There's a very complicated conspiracy that even five episodes in, we're just getting to the tip of the iceberg. Even the characters within the show, very much like a John le Carre type novel, you don't know who is betraying who and who even the people who are manipulating other people and killing people off, even they don't even understand what the full conspiracy is. And it's just layers and layers and layers of conspiracy. So if you like that type of thing, if you're watching, for example, Slow Horses, perfect companion to that. But what's the science fiction element of this? And here's the really fascinating part of the show. What it turns out is somehow in the past 10 years or so, maybe, maybe longer, maybe 20 years, there's been some kind of event and this is a secret. People don't know about it. But under this building where he works in Germany, by the way, this takes place in Germany, and people speak all different languages. There's British actors, there's German actors. It's very international. And underneath the building, some kind of doorway has opened and they can actually cross over into an alternate timeline that has been spawned. And it's not like a multiverse. Something has happened that has created two parallel timelines, basically. And these people pass back and forth. Our main protagonist is J.K. Simmons, who in this reality, he's this very kind of demure guy. He's kind of meek. He kind of gets pushed around. And he has a counterpart, there's a title, in the other universe that is very assertive. As a matter of fact, he's like a master spy. And they have to work together to try to unravel this giant conspiracy. And what's so fascinating about it is seeing many, many times in the show, J.K. Simmons playing against himself, two characters that are so distinctive, you know that they're playing two different characters, you know, even when they're standing next to each other. It's like he does such a great job as a performance. But what's so great about the show is seeing these people who get to see each other in these alternate timelines and like all the missed opportunities and this, this self-judgment they make about each other. Like the show delves into these very interesting topics of if you could change your life, if you were in an alternate timeline, would you want to? Because the people who are like now these cold calculating assassins kind of miss the innocence of the person they could have been and vice versa. I have definitely not seen this. <laughs> I would remember this. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, but no. Yeah. So I, I didn't think you had, and I don't think many people have. That's why I definitely want to call it out here. The show ran for two seasons. It's over. So you can watch all two seasons of it. I'm only halfway through the first season, but what I would say is the plot is incredibly complicated. I still not even sure what's going on <laughs> conspiracy wise, but the interactions between these alternate versions of these characters judging each other and the way that they are so betrayed by each other when the, the other version of themselves are willing to like basically dispose of them for this greater cause, the betrayal they feel like the, the show deals with all of that in a very deep way, in a way that, for example, to call out the peripheral, I feel like everything there was so disposable. There was never any sense of stakes. And this is a, it's a slow show, but I find it really fascinating. So far, I'm only about five episodes into a 20 episode show, but I would say all five episodes have been very satisfying in different ways. And every episode is doing something else with this concept. They're not just setting up the concept and then it just goes into spy territory. It introduces new characters. And then you see they have complex relationships with other characters across those parallel lives with their own selves across those parallel lives. It's really good stuff. Ooh, okay. So I'll watch that. That's number one counterpart. Number two is a show I also am pretty sure you have never watched. It is called Undone. I'm seeing my dead father. I wasn't in an accident. I was killed. And he's training me to travel in time. With your ability, we can change what happened. So I can save him from being murdered. Uh... 
pushing yourself too hard. What are you doing to me? I can't do this. I can't keep ending up places. No. Seeing stuff and missing things. Dreams of lifetimes of suffering are carried through your mind and body. Even the good feelings. You have to let go of those, too. They can't be who you are if you want to be free. Of course. The only one in my family who believes in me is the dead one. For now. So this season two of this show came out right when Better Call Saul came out again. And it's I feel like it just kind of got completely swept up. Unfortunately, a lot of things on Amazon Prime kind of appear and disappear. And at least with Netflix, they kind of appear and then they make a big splash and then they fade away. With Amazon Prime, I feel like you have to really just keep looking through their catalog, even though these things are out there. This is a second season of a show, believe it or not. And it stars Rosa Salazar. And she gets into a car accident at the beginning of the very first episode of the show. And what ends up happening is after she gets into this car accident, she suddenly starts to have conversations with her dead father, played by Bob Oderkirk, better call Saul himself. And uh, but he's been dead for 20 years and she knows this. So he starts to try to convince her that he's actually a time traveler. And we discover over the course of the show with her relationship with her sister, relationship with her mother, that there's all these problems within the family. And then the, the, the father did pass away tragically years before. And basically what it comes down to is she becomes more and more and more convinced that she is possibly able to change the past and somehow prevent all these terrible things from happening. And simultaneously, everyone around her is basically trying to tell her that, no, you're like having some kind of psychotic break. She has a history of schizophrenia in her family. And now this car accident and has maybe triggered something additionally, and she's under a lot of stress. She in herself is conflicted as to whether this is actually happening or not. And we, as the audience, you literally from episode to episode go, it's really happening. No, 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 it's not. But then how did that happen? And you go back and forth and back and forth. And by the way, it's also a comedy. There's a lot of comedy in this. You might be thinking, I'm describing this as being grim. There's a lot of comedy in here, just in the relationship between these women. But then there's this big mystery inside of it. And you know, maybe there's a time paradox going on, or maybe not. It's all very open to interpretation. <laughs> I also have not this. seen this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm recommending them. Definitely That's haven't. That's why I'm recommending them. That one's very good as well. And like I said, there's two seasons of that. There might be a third. Those two seasons are already available. The second one, unlike the first show, Counterpart, that I recommended, that one's ongoing. I mean, literally, that most recent season came out this year, so it might be on one of these top 10 lists at the end of the year as well. All right, third thing I'm going to recommend. This one you definitely have seen. You absolutely have seen this one. It is Tales from the Loop, also on Amazon Prime. What do you do? When someone says something's impossible... I prove it's possible. Not everything in life makes sense. One day, many years from now, you'll wonder if this really happened. Was a dream. Everyone is connected to the loop in one way or another. 
that is such an amazing series. I love it. Yeah, and I know you love this one. I am going to say that that for me, this is uneven, not bad. None of the episodes are bad, but it's very uneven. The highs are extremely high. And then the lows are just mediocre. I wouldn't say they're terrible. All of them are interesting to some extent, and they, they're all beautifully made, and they all have terrific performances, and they're all deeply interact with these science fiction concepts. And this is something that I said to you via text when we were watching this, that this is what I think science fiction is good for. It's where you allow to have some kind of fantastical thing happen so you can deal with some existential reality. For example, what if there was two of you? Like, what if you could basically have two versions of you that one can go and chill out at home, the other one can go to work? What happens when you, you know, you can actually swap bodies with somebody else. Like you actually live somebody else's life, leave your own life and then go live some more supposed idealized life. Rather than doing this with drama, like to actually set up science fiction scenarios where this is possible and then exploring those ideas. And for me, the third episode where they're actually able to uh, stop time is just a nearly perfect episode of of show. The rest of it isn't that exceptional, but it is still very, very good. And I would highly recommend anyone who's into science fiction to watch it. But I know you love this uh, even more. So um, tell me why you liked it so much. I think the series is exceptional and I don't find it as uneven. I found that everything did connect from one, one character to another. They explained everybody. There was no potholes <laughs> plot holes <laughs> or potholes. anyway or potholes i saw no potholes not even in the suspended time <laughs> there were certain like episodes where my heart was really yanked for all of those you do care about the characters and it is interesting seeing them exploring themselves because that's what is happening at this point and the complexities of all of this was never lost the entire time. I didn't find there to be a loose thread. And I think that's highly recommended. When I put, I was hooked the first 10 minutes. I've said before that I don't judge the first episode of a series because it turns out that, you know, most of the time they're not really that good. I thought it was good immediately. There are certain series that hook me right away, yeah. like the one that we're going to talk to uh, about today. And um, that's I, f- I feel like you, everyone should just watch it all the way through in like a quiet space. I think that's what it's for, really. Almost like by yourself would be the best way to watch the entire series. I call it uneven, but what I want to be clear about that is it's uneven, but all high quality. So it's a very funny complaint to make because there are some shows that are always mediocre, (laughs) but consistently mediocre. And you can kind of just watch them and be like, yeah, it's more of the same. I'm accepting that this is the quality of the show and fine. That's good. Right. What I would say about this show is I felt it was uneven because the best episodes are so exceptionally good that I think I had that expectation every episode. So then the next one kind of be like a little lower and I'm like, okay, well, that was a little rough. And then we have another high. So I, I felt the high, low more, but only only because those highs are so high like this. I mean, at its best, this show is one of the best shows I've seen in the past few years. So I can't criticize it for <laughs> not being a 10 out of 10 across the board. Whoever does that. This like is I like said. Atlanta. When you're watching <laughs> right. Atlanta, yes, there are episodes that you have said this yeah. actually that are so superb yeah. 
and so innovative that when you get the next one alone without having had seen the previous episode, that alone would have been amazing, but it didn't hold itself to the same standards of this other mind-blowing episode. That's a great point you make because I think that's absolutely what it comes down to because for me, like my disappointment with some of the, some of Atlanta was that unevenness and a bad episode of Atlanta was still better than most comedies that were on TV. It was just that I suddenly had seen an episode of Atlanta, you know, in like season two, let's say, for example, most of those where I'm like, well, this is one for the record books. Right. And then you get like just a average episode, which the, most shows are totally fine, which is giving you like a mildly entertaining episode. That's all you're going to get. So I'm just like, well, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> the earth didn't move under my feet again. It's just like, well, you know, that is a high expectation. A 10 out of 10 is extremely rare <laughs> by definition. Right. So uh, my only disappointment is that they couldn't do that across the board, but they come close. I mean, like I said, if you like science fiction, this show is one of the best and uh, emotional, you know, science fiction shows you're going to see for sure. And it's an anthology, by the way. That's the thing I wanted to circle back to. These episodes, honestly, you could watch them on their own, although there is some slight character development, but you could really much watch these shows on their own. But the nice thing about it is even with all of these kind of just pure anthology episodes, and you could kind of watch them out of order if you wanted to, but when you get to the end, it actually does tie them all together. So that final episode does, which I think directed by Jodie Foster, actually, that, that final episode ties all these storylines together there. And I think it does a pretty good job. There's another pretty strong emotional uh, moment there at the finale of, of the of the show itself. I feel like the characters are developed, like, and not slightly, actually. Yeah. I feel that because the same characters move forward in time so often, you come across them as you go along the series, yeah. even though it is an anthology because sometimes you'll just see them in the background yeah. and then some, there'll be an episode where they'll specifically focus on yeah. certain ones. Mm-hmm. There is a development there. And I don't want to give anything away because I love this series so much that I think people should not go into it knowing too much. I think it'll add to how fantastic it is. Yeah. There are a couple of storylines there where it's so heartbreaking to see what's happening. And then the level of forgiveness that is present with these people is, it's so human, the show. Yeah. Well, without giving anything away, at one point in the show, you basically get to a point where the person you have to forgive is yourself, right? And that's really powerful, uh, like kind of theme of the show as, as well. Beware the prophet. Beware the children who follow him. What happened to you in the first 100? I was lucky. You had grown up and cared about me. Welcome to the Museum of Civilization. Before. It's coming back. I won't let it. to abandon the future. All that matters is the now and what got us to this point. And we're in this together. And we're a family now. And speaking of emotionally resonant science fiction shows, as a pivot, maybe more away from what the peripheral was trying to do 
and more of what we're going to be covering in The Last of Us, which is a, a post-apocalyptic series, primarily deals with Pedro Pascal as one of the protagonists traveling across the country with this young girl and him protecting her and then protecting each other in many ways. We're going to be talking about some other shows and uh, movies as well that you can watch that kind of play into some of those themes. And the first one I want to bring up was a show that came out at the end of 2021 and it's called Station Eleven and it actually wrapped up in 2022. So it didn't make a lot of top 10 lists and things because it kind of had this weird, is it 2022 or 2021? Which one of these years should we put this bucket, what bucket should we put it into? And what I would say is that it's funny, when it first came on, some critics that I follow were raving about it. So I gave it a shot and it's about a pandemic. We're literally seeing the pandemic um, <laughs> playing out. And I was just, this is, you know, right when Omicron was starting to shut down things again, I was like, I do not think I'm possibly in the mood <laughs> to watch a show about a pandemic. And the second thing that made me hesitate to watch this show was that I had read the book and uh, which is very well regarded, won a lot of awards and things. It's also sold many, many millions of copies. It's a very popular book, but I did, never really liked the book. I never really got the appeal that people uh, put into it. I mean, the writing style is nice, but the plot doesn't work for me and it's a little too sparse. And anyway, I'm not going to break down the whole book, but all these things made me kind of hesitant to watch the show. And so finally, it was like months later, I went back to it. I'm like, I'm going to watch this thing. And I'd say that, I think it was probably episode three where I was fully hooked in. And it's only like maybe eight episodes long, I think. This was really an impressive show as well. And it really improves on the book. So if you have read the book and for whatever reasons, if you're hearing this and you were hesitant to check out the series, because you're like, oh, I already read that book. I know what the series is like. I think this series is significantly better than the book and expands a pretty slight book in interesting ways. And I actually thought it was very uh, strong as well. And you caught up on this probably even after I did, I think probably around this summer. What did you think about this show? I actually think this might be one of the best series ever made. <laughs> you might not agree with that, but I'm like a gigantic fan of this because it has elements that I love in series. There's the mystery. There is the fact that you can actually relate to what's happening here. I don't know if anyone wants to relate to what's happening here, right. considering it came out right around the time where maybe you don't want to watch something that's going to make you more nervous than you already are. But it builds up in a way that is hopeful, yet still tragic. It also does not lose the timelines. So what I love about the timelines in this series are that they will be doing something that is not innocuous really, but it's what they do. And their flashbacks mm -hmm. are built in in a way that doesn't at all take you out of the moment that they're originally in. And they do that throughout. They just bring back past thoughts as their way of bringing back time to give you information on how you got to the present day. But in a really smooth way. And it's nice to get away from the lake, for example, yeah. where they're doing that whole old circus thing that I love, by the way, I have this thing for old circuses. And then all of a sudden they're back in modern time before this tragedy happened. So the, the, the premise of this show, by the way, uh, for anybody out there, it's going to sound grim, but trust me, it's actually incredibly life-affirming, believe it or not, but it's about a pandemic that 
it kills off way more than you know our pandemic. The vast majority, actually, probably 80% or more of the population gets killed by this pandemic. And then what happens is that we see the pandemic actually happening in episode one. That's the one that was kind of rough for me to get through, given the circumstance at the moment uh, dealing with the panic of the pandemic itself. What it also has in parallel, we see a future when uh, people have now survived the pandemic and they're recreating technology, they're recreating art, they're using art to uh, you know, tell their stories of the past and build new stories for the future. And that's where a really main theme of the show is about how we need stories as a species to survive and how stories give us hope. And as a matter of fact, there is an actual story. Someone actually writes a comic book and it also speaks, you know, if you are a creator of any kind, it's like something that's inspirational. The idea that someone wrote a comic book just for themselves, just to say, I accomplished this. And somehow in the future, and I won't tell you how, it basically changes the future of, you know, the, the world really. And uh, that's kind of a very inspiring thing to think about that even when you're making something that you think is just for yourself, there's value in that as well. So you have these parallels, the science fiction story. I mean, the show itself is a science fiction story because it's this, you know, fake apocalypse, but there's a, a comic book written in it. That is a storyline that we follow as well. So all these things are happening in parallel. And like you mentioned, we go back in time, we go forward in time and uh, we see these unlikely people who, for example, Himesh Patel who plays Javeen and that he gets stuck with this young actress after uh, the pandemic starts to uh, spread and everybody kind of has to isolate. There's a whole time they spend together, him and his brother and her, you know, and then you see their parallel lives uh, over the decades. But how interesting also is it that the entire series occurs because when this thing happened very quickly, by the way, not yeah. like the way our pandemic kind of built. This was almost immediate where right. there is an amazing scene where a plane crashes before yeah. certain people understand the, the real reality of what is occurring. How amazing is it that who are you standing next to when something right. happens mm -hmm. that can forever change your world? The yep. thing you did right before something happens that's what the series is. And then they go all the way forward in time, but it all has the basic premise. All these people were in a certain situation with maybe a, a perfect stranger, and now they're where they are. So all to see that building along with the perfectly structured flashbacks, yep. it's a great series. Yeah. And it's also this beautiful series about creating something, whether that is a story, whether it is performing a play, imbuing that's play. For example, they literally have sequences where they keep performing the same Shakespeare plays over and over again. And as you see the different characters who take on the characters inside the series itself, that the lines they're speaking have different meanings each time, which is, of course, the whole idea of how we interact with stories because we bring our own meanings to them. And there's all that but like you said, there's this whole beautiful metaphor of parenting itself, right? This whole idea that Javine has been stuck in this situation he never wanted. But much more interesting is when you see the future and you see all these like us being parents who've grown old, that you have all these people who have now striven for decades for safety to set up these compounds where they can live safely. And of course, the kids want to be free. They want to get out there. They want to see the world. And then they're like saying, you don't understand. <laughs> like I fought so hard for this safety. And now all you want to do is leave, which of course is what we deal with over and over again, being parents and being children. And it's just deals with all of this. And I think really, really beautifully. There is a scene where she's speaking to 
her friend who she is parenting because she's older. And this girl says, so uh, she's holding a phone and I could speak to anyone I want in the world. I Mm -hmm. could be located. Cabs will come pick me up if I press a button. And she cannot believe this could even be a possibility. And she says, the actress. Mackenzie Davis playing uh, Kristen. By the way, does such a great job when she's doing her part on the play. Yep. She is heartbreaking to watch. It's, yep. She's fantastic. She's always great, by the way, and really great. And um, I think she was nominated for an Emmy for San Junipero, the famous episode of Black Mirror. But uh, yeah, she's always great. And yeah, she does a great job here once again. That's like another thing that, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. It's like there's a lot of irony there where you see like how and it's another thing that once again resonates a lot with uh, people who went through this pandemic recently, although maybe we've forgotten that already. But, you know, there was a while there when we were kind of just hanging out with our neighbors and, you know, everybody was spending a lot less money and not doing all the things they were doing before. And we, I'd had so many conversations, people be going like, you know what, we have all these things we spend money on. Do we really need those things? And the, this show kind of reminds you that you probably don't need those things to survive, right? And they, but it is funny to be like the one, those two perspectives where someone's saying like, yeah, we had all that. And it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and the other person being like, that sounds like magic. Like, how is that possible? Because it's something unfathomable to them as and well. And the divide, because yeah, the people who don't remember the technology didn't really experience right. the horror of this pandemic. Right. They just were there for it and grew up in this other reality that now it is. And of course, what's great about that is that they're both right. The people who had to live with losing everything, their family, their friends, their world, their technology, everything was lost. They want some little corner of normalcy and safety, right? And the kids who grew up in just, you know, hanging out on the field all the time, they're like, I want to get out of here, (laughs) right? So it's like, of course, they're both right at the same time, right? And that's what's kind of fascinating about the whole thing. And the casting, I mean, I got to stop gushing about this. (laughs) There is not one bad performance that I could pick out the entire time. Yep, yep. So once again, quick rundown of our recommendations. I would say I haven't finished counterpart yet so i can't put it at the top of my list but i would say if you did watch the peripheral i would highly highly recommend you watch counterpart i think you're going to like it very much and jk simmons doing line readings against himself like these angry emotional conversations against himself which he obviously was doing on his own uh you know because he had to do both performances and you do not feel that at all just see like an incredible seamless performance so just amazing work from him amazing work from you know an incredibly stylish show beautiful work definitely check that out. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Counterpart. Uh, Then uh, Undone, check that out as well. You know, possibly time travel, possible schizophrenic break, (laughs) sometimes comedic show, a very surprising one. Also on Amazon Prime. Very, very well done. Bob Oderkirk's in that and Rosa Salazar as well. And of course, Tales from the Loop, beautiful, emotional, touching anthology, also available on Amazon Prime. And lastly, HBO Max for Station 11, lastly, but not least, actually, as a matter of fact, maybe one of the best shows of the past couple of years. Uh, Definitely don't overlook that one. Most of these shows, I think, have found fans, but none of them have really broken out. And I would say they all deserve bigger audiences and they all deserve more attention. So I hope you guys check out one of those or more. Celia, is there any, we only have a few minutes left, but is there anything else that you've been watching that you wanted to recommend? I mean, it's not (laughs) sci-fi. Doesn't have to be. Okay. I think I've talked about this before, but I'm I'm still waiting to get back my favorite shows. And some of them 
are really popular, actually. I could watch The Crown mm, every yes. single day <laughs> for the rest of my life from beginning to end without ever getting ever getting sick of it. It's crazy. My Brilliant Friend, which is yeah. coming back also. Final season for beautiful. that, so time to catch up. I, I love that show. And The Handmaid's Tale. And you don't like that show, but it's so much like a run-on, never-ending horror movie. So if you're into that. That yeah. is like Station Eleven, but, you know, apocalyptic future, but uh, with no with no light, light at the end of the tunnel at all. <laughs> yeah, there's very little light in that show. Very little. And I'm judging it based on only a few episodes. I, I mean, I've never watched it all the way through. And I just have a, a huge stumbling block. I love to catch up on a show like Station Eleven that gets very well-respected reviews, etc. Or like now Counterpart, which is like one season, two seasons, and you're done. <laughs> the problem when I'm like 60 episodes behind, I'm like, man, who has the time? But you know, it, it's a, one of the most critically acclaimed shows of the past few years. So I'm not going to say it's not a good show. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's, a, it's a long slog. There for, are yeah. reviews that say, why am I watching this? Why would I do this to I think myself? After six, why would I, I think after five or six seasons, maybe you feel that way <laughs> or some people feel that way, I should say. Well, there's just no light. I'm always waiting for people to not die or have a limb cut off or lose an eye or something. But yeah, it's really good. And it's still very popular. So it definitely has an audience. And that just wrapped up its season, right? That's wrapped up last week is that, or last month. Yes. Right? I yeah. think it was last month. I saw it. And then this is the final season. Maybe we will cover it next year uh, here in the podcast because next year is the final season. So maybe I will force myself through it to have a that whole experience of the final season. Perfect. You have a year. All right, then. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.